Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNC's apply. Someone that was right in amongst the Black Clash and absolutely loves being at the Black Clash. He is probably the face of the Black Cash is our next guest. For some, it might be described as rugby heaven. For others, it will be the dread of another type of bubble. This time in 2022, yesterday, New Zealand Rugby confirmed the news that they are moving all six New Zealand-based Super Rugby teams to Queenstown for at least a month to ensure the competition can stay intact. Day games will be played in Queenstown with buses transporting teams to Invercargill for the night fixtures under light. Rob Nickel is CEO of New Zealand Rugby Players Association and was no doubt right in the thick of things and he has joined us. He joined us last year and he, wow, he brought some heat and some great insight and some great info. So look forward to this chat. Rob Nickel, Rugby Players Association. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Israel. How are you, mate? We're good, mate. We're good. We're good. How are you? We're, we've come to another decision, mate. It's all been gone. It's, I know there's been, probably been a lot of work behind the scenes, but mate, for you, was this the most realistic option, getting getting down to Queenstown? It is at the moment. I mean, we're kind of operating on a little bit of quicksand because we don't really know what the plan is from the government. And um, sport, just like every industry, whether you're a tradie or a tourism operator, when you've got uncertainty and you've got um, mm. kind of a broad blanket rule covering the country, you just got to kind of it's almost like a week-by-week proposition and it makes it really difficult uh, when you're dealing with a lot of people and a lot of people's livelihoods and things like that. So, yeah, at the moment, this is the best call, but that could change next week, for example, if they went to phase two and sports people were critical workers or sports was regarded as critical um, or they went to phase three. As soon as they go to phase three, then it's household contacts and seven days and we can bring all the everyone home and carry on with our lives. But the the bottom line is, like so many businesses and schools now, um, you know, if one person um, comes in contact with Omicron or COVID, uh, it takes whole organisation down, and we just couldn't afford that to happen at this stage. Yeah. Well, what's, what's the mood? What's the mood from the players and the, the, the organisations, the franchise? What's the feeling around around the groups? Yeah, look, it's, it's a little bit pensive, to be honest. Um, it's a bit 
nervous because it's not just the next two to three to four weeks that we're looking to manage. We're also looking at the horizon and saying, what does this mean longer term? Mm. And we really need yeah. some, some movement, um, positive movement in a clear direction so we can get our heads around it and make long-term plans. So the vast majority of the players in the Super Rugby squads have been engaged in pre-season doing the hard yards. Um, and so actually the idea of going into a bubble for two or three weeks, you know, maybe stretching to four, is something that they can get their heads around. The, the guys that went on the, the big tour at the end of last year and have got back, it's a, it's a bit of a different proposition. They're only just coming back into the teams now and they're coming into a bubble situation, they've got a long year ahead. So rightly so, they're kind of going, wow, what does this mean for the rest of the year? And families and commitments um, outside of rugby and all that side of things. So, you know, there's a lot of questions, there's a lot of conversations, but there's also a lot of support and information flowing. So, you know, people are getting their heads around it, but it's, but it's not easy. And ironically, if we were just dealing with this and we knew things were going to be normal after that and we could get on with it, that would be a lot easier, but we don't know that, and, and we've just got to do the best we can with the, the circumstances as they are. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Robert Spaz here, mate. Um, just in regards to the bubbles, uh, I've been in some of these bubbles overseas before, and I find the part-time bubbles don't really work. Are, are all the hotel staff and everyone else also incorporated in the bubble, or is it just the players and, and support staff? Uh, it's the players and the support staff, and um, also operating their bubbles will be the you know the TV crews and all the all the staff and people that are needed to put on a game. Um, and then with hotel staff, there's precautions being taken as best they possibly can. But that's the point you make is really, you know, that's one of the issues we've been debating as you go to all this trouble of taking 300 odd people down and setting up six bubbles. Um, albeit that they, they're going to play some games against each other and you get one you know, case um, come in and it, and it kind of takes the whole thing down. But that was weighed up against the risk of you know every player and staff member associated with a, a super rugby team going home each night and um, you know being with family and being with friends and being out and about. And the conclusion was it's only a matter of time before one of them becomes a close contact or someone contracts Omicron or COVID. And um, the net result of that is it's going to take that team out for minimum 10 days, which is pretty devastating. So it, it was a no situations ideal. It was a risk reward kind of trade off. And we've taken taken the plunge and decided that this is, this is what we're going to do. Um, ultimately, this all comes back to this this close contact definition that, mm. that the government have got in place, which, you know, talking to a lot of my trading mates in particular, it's just doing everyone's head in because, you know, it's been tough enough as it is. And these people have built businesses and their livelihoods are at stake. And if one of their staff go down, that takes their whole organisation down and there's now no support really there for them, no subsidies. Mm. So there is a massive disincentive to test. And so the word going around, and you guys would have picked it up, but everyone's just like, right, there's no way we're getting tested because um, the danger of that and the damage it's going to do to our staff and our business and our welfare is massive. And that kind of, that, that's a real concern for everyone because if mm. people aren't getting tested, you're not getting information and stats, and then you know, we seem to be having calls made based on based on that, and, and so how accurate is it? And so... You know, that, that's the big challenge we have at the moment is that close contact definition and it's, it's creating some real um, real challenges I think if, if we could move to the situation very similar to Australia 
I think that would alleviate a lot of issues. One, we wouldn't be doing the bubble. You know, basically it's household contacts, isolate, six, seven days, negative test, return to work. Uh, we wouldn't be doing this. Um, the Super Rugby teams would be boxing on, knowing that we're going to get cases on Omicron. We've brought in a few extra players to create some more depth. We've relaxed replacement player rules. And there would be a real focus amongst the players to minimise the risk and make sure we could try and get teams out each week to provide some entertainment for people. And outside of that, businesses and all the, all, all the others would be able to do the same, um, knowing that you're going to have periods where staff and teachers and emergency workers go down, but there's, there's an avenue and a quick, quick avenue to get them back into the workforce and, and doing what they want to be doing. So from our perspective, the sooner we get to that point, the better. Uh, absolutely no doubt. Yeah, I guess <clears throat> I just look at it, I think there's, there's other sports and other competitions going on at the moment. So, so how come rugby's different from, from those? For instance, cricket tournaments are competitions going on around around New Zealand at the moment, and it's the same virus, so what's the difference? Yeah, and they're all, they're all facing that same risk, and that's a, that's a big challenge for them, and they're all doing their best to manage it. Um, and if Omicron kicks off the way they're saying, that risk is only going to intensify until that close contact definition changes. So, you know, in 10 days' time, are we going to see those teams still being able to run out, or are they going to have to isolate because mm. someone within that environment contracted Omicron? So that's the challenge, but... You know, the point you're making, Baz, is it's, it's massive. I mean, we've just seen an unbelievable Melbourne Open, you know, Australian Open taking place in Melbourne mm. at arguably the height of Omicron. Um, you know, players and support staff flying in from around the world. Like, the way Australia have managed this whole situation is just so far ahead of us, unfortunately. And um, it's, you know, we had massive advantages early on being an island nation, being able to close our borders and protect our people and learn. But we, we've, we've been behind the eight ball since then and it, it's made it incredibly difficult um, for everyone. Not, I mean, your sport's sort of down the list a little bit, but you're thinking of you know, everyone else, the tourism operators, people overseas wanting to return home, um, businesses wanting to get supplies and getting things underway. It, it, just across the board, that surely there's a better way to do it. And I have to say, I look at Australia and I look when we had the bubble with them and yeah, maybe if we'd kept the bubble with Australia at that point, and, and not effectively divorced ourselves from them and stayed alongside them and, and matched our policies with them, maybe we'd look something a little bit more like Queensland right now and, and we'd be coming out the other side of it before winter and um, and we would have been able to let a lot of industries and businesses, including sport, um, you know, continue, including from a rugby perspective, hosting the rugby championships and knowing that Ireland will be able to come down and in, in July and from a cricket perspective knowing that South Africa can be here in a few weeks and knowing that the Cricket World Cup's going to be able to go ahead and and the likes and um, you know it, it, I'll be honest it, it's it's frustrating yeah, it's Very very frustrating Rob um, I don't think we've learnt anything in the last two years but anyway we're not a political station we'll stay away from that um, Mate quickly just for we we let, you, we let you go. I want to talk to you about Queenstown. What, what was the decision to head to Queenstown and, and obviously share it between Invercargill and Queenstown? There's a lot of moving parts uh, from Queenstown to Invercargill. Uh, was there an incentive? I know Chris Lendrum's come out today and said it's going to cost seven figures. It's going to cost a million odd dollars, so there's a lot of money that's going to be spent on this. Was there an incentive for heading to Queenstown, um, you know, giving back to, to New Zealand Rugby? 
Yeah, we looked at lots of different reasons, and you know, I'm from the deep south, so I reckon the closer you can get to Invercargill and Stewart Island, the better. So that that was a big, <laughs> a big factor in it. Um, <laughs> all the boys were like, oh, "Come oh, on, mate, get the opportunity to play in Invercargill, please get us down there." Yeah. Um, but <laughs> 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 That's what I can't figure <laughs> out. Funny way to. Yeah, yeah. But um, I'm in Queenstown, you know, there's been a lot of communication with them previously. Like, we were actually yeah. looking to hold, host a whole rugby championship in Queenstown at run stage, and there's frankly no reason why that couldn't have happened um, and bring international teams in. So the, the key reasons were we've got multiple hotels that frankly aren't being used. There's no MIQ facility yeah. there. So you've got multiple hotels straight away, and if, if it's not a main centre in terms of it's not Auckland, Christchurch, Wellington, so you're de-risking the situation there. Um, Hamilton and the Bay of Plenty, Waikato have kind of been the site of some Onicon outbreaks, so there was a bit of a risk associated with that. You can look at something like Rotorua, but you've got MIQ hotels there and not enough stock of hotels to, to cater for, mm. for what we're after. So when you actually went through the exercise, um, Queenstown became pretty obvious. Uh, we get charter flights in there with the teams. Um, they've got uh, enough facilities to cater for them, just. Um, and, yeah, it comes back to they've got hotels that don't have people in it because we don't have a, a border that can facilitate you know, tourism at the moment. So uh, it became kind of logical. Plus, we have, in all seriousness, we've got Invercargill with lights, and so we can bus teams rather than fly teams to a ground, which is a really important one. And if we needed, we could actually bus to Dunedin and plan Dunedin because, obviously, we can't have crowds at red settings. So... It's not about the crowds, it's about ideally a ground with lights and then we'll also get some nice daytime rugby during summer at Queenstown and a complete outside uh, outsider would be playing a game at Wanaka. So so but being able to bus to games was pretty important. We don't want to have to get on planes and obviously the cost of planes is massive. So when you went through all the list, um, Queenstown was actually turned out to be a bit of an obvious choice. Yeah. And plus, yeah, they're incredibly... The team that have been on the ground down there, like they're, they're just fantastic. Like they're just, despite everything they've been through, they're just like, right, roll the sleeves up, we can do this for you. Yeah, we're into it. And um, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, you know, everything I'm hearing back, it's just a great attitude from them. Yeah. Oh, it's good to hear. Being a, a man from down that way as well, it, it does happen to get quite cold down there, there though, as you well know, Rob. So that could be a, a slight issue. But hey, I want to talk to you about another great event. And another one where you were right at the forefront of uh, shepherding. He's the face of it. Team through. That was a success of Team Rugby. And the dominance of Team Rugby over an ageing set of cricketers. What a, what a wonderful event. And what was your takeaway from that, Rob, as, as manager of the side? Well, I'm not, I don't even qualify as manager. I'm well and truly in the background. I think Israel was paid to be the face of that event, wasn't it? At one stage, but it didn't come this yeah, year. So didn't lob someone up. had to step in. Yeah, I, I borrowed Ray's this red cricket pen. I think it was the sun was so so hot. But mate, what a great time, wasn't it? You know, and mm. the, the mm. best part was just seeing a ground like that just packed and fully utilised. Yeah. Food trucks, music. People having a good time, um, Baz, and we, you know, when the rugby team, of which you're a crucial and a, a founding member of it, um, in fact, we're a bit converted here. We've got no cricketers here, no cricketers. Um, <laughs> but we, um, you know, when we drove to the ground and saw that queue, that was just classic, wasn't it? It must have stretched for a kilometre and a bit. At two and a half hours before the game kicks off, and um, kids, and I don't know, it was just, it was just awesome. It's, it's exactly what the entertainment and sport and everything should be about, mate, and. The beauty is that two all we get to repeat it next year and go three two up. 
at Hagley. Um, so that'll be quite mm. fun. But it, it was put on for a number of different reasons. Um, provides a, a little bit more lighthearted entertainment. Make the cricketers feel absolutely horrible because you know they hate having to play that game. They love everything else around it, but <laughs> having to get their whole bodies up. <laughs> Kyle Mills yeah, doesn't well, talk to me. He doesn't talk to me outside of abusing me for <laughs> and his brother for, for suggesting we play this game. Um, but yeah, and then the rugby boys absolutely love it. And bringing some young lads in was awesome as well. But that awesome. obviously it is too too now. They have got no chance unless they freshen up their side. But the um, that whole event, you're you're bang on, Rob. Like the crowd, the the. The, the queues of people to get into that ground, it just shows you how much New Zealand are just crying out for sporting events, right? We've been starved of the opportunity to go and attend sporting events of late. And I know that the, the Super Rugby um, competition is going to be played behind closed doors as well. But at some stage when we do get through this, New Zealand is just going to turn up and watch sporting events in their droves, aren't they? Yeah, I think we will see that kind of a rebound and that, you know, it's almost like a, and, and even just getting on with it, I mean, we've seen we've seen Australia do it. Um, we've seen other countries around the world are well and truly onto it. You know, we've got meetings coming in now. We're the only country not travelling to the meeting. You know, normally we would be travelling and we'd be around the table and engaging, but we are the only country not travelling. So you know, there's, there's activity around the world is picking up and it's moving on. And um, and I, you know, Kiwis will rebound, and it's not just sport. It'll be music. It'll be you know, get-togethers, weddings, you know, family occasions, all that side of stuff will pick up and, and, and we'll work through it. But it's almost like we've just got, we're going to have a couple of months of one, dare I say it, the government adapting their policies to the situation so that we can all get on um, and trying to get that right. And you can see right now that they're wrestling with that and each day they're coming out and, and trying to, to sort of catch up in, in my kind of view, which is yeah. at least it's good to see yeah. some action. Um, and then we're going to get on with it. It's going to be a tough, a couple of really tough months. We've seen every other country go through it, and arguably, mm. quite possibly, the toughest of COVID. Um, but if we can get through it and mm. come out the outside, the other side, then yeah, um, sports, everything else kicks off. And I can tell you now, there's a, there's a lot of athletes, individual athletes, travelling the world that want to perform, and and teams that want to perform for everyone. And hopefully, we get our platform to do that soon. Be good. Yeah, awesome. <clears throat> Thank you very much, Rob Nicol, uh, CEO of the Rugby Players Association. We really appreciate your time, mate. I think the pressure's on. I predict that maybe the Super Rugby teams will be back sooner rather than later, mate. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Have a great day, and uh, we'll get you on very shortly, bud. Okay, thanks, guys. Take care. There you go, that was Rob Nicholl. We've got a good text coming in as well. Morning team, I agree with Rob. Being a Crusaders season member, I'm not allowed to see our team until near the end of the season, etc. Why can't we do the same as the racing and cricket World Cup with spectators? 100 bubbles. Cheers, man. That is from Den. So there's a lot of frustration out there, Baz, and uh, everyone's kind of had enough. New Zealand rugby, well, they've been held to ransom and they've had to go make the decision to head down south because of the bubbles. And the infection rate, and like I spoke about earlier, if someone gets infection, the whole organisation, the whole franchise has to go into lockdown into a bubble. So things need to be changed, brother. Yeah, well, he also Rob made a good point. It's not just sport, right? It's music and it's, it's other mm. industries, it's other workforce, et cetera, et cetera. 100%. So he's absolutely bang on. He may, have just, he may have discovered the secret. Don't test. 
You don't test, you don't know. It is 7.23 here in the morning on Baz Izzy for breakfast. Big thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day.